0: Good morning. How's everybody this morning? Uh, children's church, children's church downstairs, right? So that's the age group from three, three to seven downstairs. If if they, if they would like to go at this time, children's church downstairs. all right good morning once again i want to welcome everybody to the service today thank you for being here i want to welcome everybody that's in the sanctuary we've got some visitors today i want to thank some of my crew from the madison county health department some of my retired buddies and and current workers there that have showed up today and i just uh, want to Welcome everybody that's downstairs in the fellowship hall watching on the big screen and for everybody that's tuned in with Facebook and YouTube, we just want to welcome everybody to the service today. And as you can tell, I am not Brother Thomas. Uh, he's away doing a special service for Brother Wainwright this morning. So our prayers and thoughts are with him and that he returns safely unto us again. And uh, we, we just want to welcome everybody to the service. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to fill in for Brother Thomas, and I'm excited about the message today. So let us pray to begin this portion of the service. Dear loving Heavenly Father, as we humbly bow before you this day, Father, we just want to praise your holy name and thank you for the wonderful blessings that you've bestowed upon our lives. Thank you now for this opportunity, dear Lord, to come into your house and to render worship unto thy holy name. We pray that everything that's said and done in this place this day will honor you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Genesis 1-1, that's where our message is going to be from. You probably don't need to turn there. Everybody knows the, the, the scriptures that are there. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and the light he called day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Without anybody raising your hand, how many that are here today and listening wholeheartedly believe that that is the 100% truth, and it happened within a 24-hour period of time? Amen. Well, that's not what's taught, is it, out in the world today. It's not what's being taught in the school systems. The wisdom of man teaches something completely different. But today, we are going to talk about the creation. So today's message is, in the beginning, the joy of God's creation. That's right, the joy of God's creation. According to the word of God, creation was an act of intelligent design, purpose, and meaning. It was an act demonstrating God's majestic power, his divine beauty, his divine glory, and his divine goodness. It was an act planned by God himself in eternity past and executed to divine perfection. It was a joyous event that brought forth all manner of amazing life, land and sea life forms, beautiful and fragrant trees and plants, outstanding colors and lights. God's creation was a joyous and glorious event. To give you a little background on on myself and what made me choose this subject for today's message, I retired in March of last year. I've uh, always loved reading and studying the Word of God. It means a great deal to me. But I never spent much time trying to actually memorize passages of Scripture. I'm very familiar with the Bible. I've read it through several times. But just going through and memorizing passages of Scripture hasn't always been uh, one of my fortes. So after my retirement, I wanted to make a commitment to spend some time actually memorizing verses. And what better place to start? I thought in Genesis 1 1. And through that process of memorization, I began to go over this first chapter of Genesis, recite those words over and over. And I would go over those words in my mind when I lay down, when I'd get up in the middle of the night. And I would just keep on going through that process of trying to memorize the first chapter of Genesis. And after a little time, I could go through that first chapter without much struggle. And you know what? As a benefit of trying to do that memorization, you begin to dwell upon God's word. And when you dwell upon God's word, you begin to meditate and really think about what it says. And it began to speak to my heart and had deeper and deeper meaning. And it brought a lot of joy to me and a lot of peace And it made me realize what I'd been missing all these years by letting that world's wisdom creep into my thought process. How these events took place, what sequence they took place in, and how much clearer it became to me that what's taught in the public school system doesn't line up at all with the Word of God. And the joy of thinking, what's left to discover? So let us begin this process of examining his word closely this morning and attempt to dig out some of these wonderful truths and the joy that's in there. So notice that God's word starts out in the beginning. It's not once upon a time. This is God's holy word. It's not some fairy tale. Make no mistake, man makes up fairy tales. God's word is truth. So we have in the beginning... God, let's pause right there, later we have the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and later on the sixth day we have God saying, let us make man in our own image. So we have God, we have the spirit of God, and God saying us, all in this first chapter of Genesis. So who is us? Well, glad you asked. The Bible tells us who us is. And my English teacher would be proud that I constructed a wonderful sentence like that. But John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning. Sound familiar? Just like Genesis 1-1, John 1-1 is New Testament revelation on Genesis 1-1. John the Apostle is declaring unto us some very special characteristics related to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So John 1, through, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Is that not good? Is that not good? Now, without adding to or taking away from God's word, here's how I like to think about that passage of scripture. In the beginning was the word. That's Jesus. And the word was with God. That's Jesus. And the word was God. That's Jesus. The same was in the beginning with God. That's Jesus. All things were made by him. That's Jesus. And without him was not anything made that was made. That's Jesus. In him was life. That's Jesus. And the life was the light of men. That's Jesus. And the light shineth in the darkness. That's Jesus. And the darkness comprehended it not. That's all about Jesus. So who is the us in Genesis It's God the Father, it's God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So just to be clear, speaking about Jesus, John tells us from the scriptures that all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And John doesn't want you to miss this. He later on in that same first chapter in verse 10 says, He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Or as I like to think about it, He was in the world, that's Jesus, and the world was made by him, that's Jesus, and the world knew him not. My friends, Jesus Christ was there in the beginning executing the divine creation plan. Okay, back to the original verses in Genesis. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And I said earlier that according to the word of God, creation was an act of intelligent design purpose, and meaning. There are plenty of scripture re- references for that, and I'll probably go through these pretty quickly, so I won't really give you too much time to turn, turn to those, but if you'll just listen to, to the ones as I read them off, but Proverbs three nineteen through 20, these are scripture references pointing to intelligent design, purpose, and meaning. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. This clearly shows evidence of intelligent design. What about purpose and meaning? Here are a couple of verses. Colossians 1.16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Did you catch that? Apply that to your life. You were created by him and you were created for him. Revelation 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Young people, do you want to know why you were born and what the meaning of life is? (laughs) It's summed up in those two verses right there, is it not? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Eternal purpose and design. I'll have more to say to our young people in a moment. We will have some more scriptures later addressing intelligent design and power and majesty and joy. But let's let's move on. Back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Notice that the first act of creation is the heaven and the earth. Imagine, if you will, an illustration of God as a master artist who with omniscient wisdom and brilliance planned his masterpiece, that of the earth and that of the heavens. He planned that in eternal past. So imagine the master stretching forth his canvas and starting his masterpiece with the earth first and foremost in his mind. His canvas is the heaven, the boundaries of the universe, and God begins filling it with his first splash of art. What is it? It's the earth. It's not the sun, it's not the moon, it's not the stars. It's the earth. The sun, moon, and stars do not appear until day four. God says the earth was created first on day one with purpose and design. Is that what we're taught in the world today? Is that what our public education system teaches? No, it teaches something called the Big Bang Theory, right? That's, that's the prevalent and most dominant theory that's out there right now. So basically, the Big Bang Theory says that all the matter of the universe was conglomerated together and a ginormous explosion took place and hurled this mass of matter outward and by acts of heating and cooling... The sun and the moon and the stars and everything that's in the universe was created. This is the wisdom of the world today. What does the word of God call the wisdom of the world? He calls it foolishness, does he not? 1 Corinthians 3.19 For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. In Isaiah 55, 9, it says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So the Big Bang Theory does not line up with the word of God. It might be a funny show on TV, but it's foolishness unto God. The Big Bang Theory is not only foolishness, but it's dangerous. What do I mean by dangerous? It takes God out of the picture. It promotes randomness and happenstance. Instead of intelligent design, (coughs) meaning and purpose, it fills our young people's heads full of ideals that there is no purpose in life. Everything is just happenstance and randomness. There is no meaning to existence. It robs them of knowing the joy of creation as taught in God's holy word. Folks, kids are committing suicide at an alarming rate. Their heads have been pumped full of this world's wisdom, which gives them lack of meaning, lack of purpose in life. When life gets tough, kids think there's no hope, only despair. It may seem like suicide's an easy way out for them. They've lost hope. All their joy is gone. And Christians, it's our fault. We've allowed the secular humanists to kick God, prayer, and the Ten Commandments out of the schools to promote their anti-God agendas. To stop this wave of youth suicide, we need to put God back in the classroom, tell our kids about Jesus, and give them something to live for, right? Amen. Amen. The National Science Teachers Association is opposed to teaching creationism as a science, as is the Association for Science Teacher Education, the National Association of Biology Teachers, the American Anthropological Association, the American Geosciences Institute, the Geological Society of America, the American Geophysical Union, and numerous other profession, professional teaching and scientific societies, they all oppose teaching creationism. Wouldn't it be neat to have them all gathered into one place at a big major conference somewhere? They can talk about the Big Bang Theory all they want, and maybe they can have each other patting each other on the back for their special wisdom and how smart they are. And then just as their keynote speaker comes up and gives a brilliant address and everybody's all excited and at the very peak of the conference, wouldn't it be neat just to see God break in just as he did in Job 38 when the Lord... Answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me, where wast thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched a line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or, the, or who laid the cornerstone there? there uh. One day, my friend, the wisdom of the world would be brought low and the brilliance of Almighty God will sear the conscience of those that deny him. Let's move on back to the joy of creation, back to Genesis. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light and God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. So the earth was first covered in water and darkness, darkness was upon the face of the deep, the dry land had not appeared yet and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The idea is that the spirit hovered over the waters. As one translation suggests, the spirit brooded upon the waters like a mother hen broods over her chicks. Matthew 23, 37, Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killeth the prophets and stoneth them which are sent unto thee, how often would I gather thy children together even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. You see, the Spirit of God was making a special connection with the earth and preparing it for the next stage of the creation process. And moving on, God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good. Well, what is light other than the absence of darkness? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about light. Remember back in John, the first chapter... Speaking of Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. You see, John presents Jesus not only as the creator of all things, but as the light of the world. John tells us also in the book of Revelation that in the final estate of all things that there's a new heaven and a new earth. And the new Jerusalem, as that holy city comes down out of heaven to the earth, John describes it in a great detail. And there's a lot said about that city, but in Revelation 21, 23, it says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. Did you catch that? The Lamb is the light thereof. So who is that lamb? It's Jesus Christ. You see, the scriptures are telling us that one of the attributes of Almighty God, it's light. When God said, let there be light, he was revealing unto his new creation part of the glory of God when that light broke forth and cascaded across the face of the deep. Oh, what joy it must have been for the creation to experience a part of the glory of God. You see, the earth at this point had no need of the sun, the moon, or the stars because it's got its light straight from the creator himself. And what does Genesis say about light? It says that it was good. You think light's good? Have you ever been in a completely dark place? Felt a little disoriented, maybe a little afraid? Then at some point you catch a little glimmer of light somewhere from some source. It helps you to regain your senses and your focus. That fear edges away and you're happy to see that light. Light is good. So why was the light in Genesis good? Because light is an attribute of Almighty God and God is good. Isn't God good? Can you count your blessings this morning? Can you name them one by one? God is good to us down here, but how much more will God be good to his heavenly host when sin is removed from the scene and we are forever to be with him? When there's a new heaven and a new earth, when the Lamb will be our eternal light source. Oh, what joy it will be to see the brilliant holy light of the Lamb of Almighty God, to be with him throughout all eternity. Revelation eight. Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Jesus is telling us that he was in the beginning and he will be there throughout all eternity. The goodness of God was shining forth during the creation and will forever shine throughout the, all eternity. There was goodness and joy present when God made the heaven and the earth, and there will be goodness and joy in the new heaven and the new earth. You see, goodness and joy go hand in hand. How many times during the creation does the scripture say God saw that it was good? He says it all throughout that creation process. that he had made and behold it was very good in the evening and the morning were the sixth day well we've only scratched the surface of the joy of God's creation this morning there's so much more that I could bring to you and so many more scriptures but I'd like to to wrap it up and give you a few scriptures that related to the joy and singing in respect to God's creation. First Chronicles sixteen thirty one through 34 says, Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice, and let men say among the nations, The Lord reigneth. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice in all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the wood sing out at the presence of the Lord, because he cometh to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. In Psalms ninety-six, eleven and 12, let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful in all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the wood rejoice. And there's a passage that Brother Thomas quotes regularly. It's Isaiah 55, 11. He referred to it in his last two messages last Sunday. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I have sent it. But you know what the next verse says? It speaks directly to our subject this morning. It says in verse 12, for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills Shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And back to that passage in Job where uh, God was asking, Job, where were you when I created all things? In Job 37, 38 7, it says that when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. There are many more scriptures, but I pray that I've given you enough to whet your appetite into. Digging deeper into God's word, for in the beginning, the joy of God's creation. The word of of God is full of joy and goodness. I hope I have presented Jesus as creator and sustainer of all life. It was my desire to lift him up this morning. If you don't know Jesus as the eternal lamb of God, who came, died on a cross, was buried and rose again the Alpha and Omega, the creator and sustainer of all life. Come and accept him today. Let us pray. Father, just want to praise you again and thank you for this opportunity to come into your house, dear Lord. Praise your holy name. Thank you for the blessings of today. May the word that's been brought bless the hearts of those who have participated in this message. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen.